happen. Several years ago, almost a decade ago now, I found myself sitting in a therapist's office uh, telling a woman who I'd only met moments ago or before that I felt as if, my, as if pieces of my life were lost to me. Um, in that, there were pieces of me I could no longer find or, or put back together. Pieces that had been lost to disappointment. Some pieces that had been lost to fear and, and doubt. Other pieces lost to wounds and, and pain of, of relationships. While some had been lost due to my personal faults, my sins, and the ways in which I had hurt other people. Mostly, though, and I came to this truth over over time, she and I have been together for almost a decade, I found myself in this valley of darkness because I needed to find the ability to forgive. Uh, I needed to, to be able to um, forgive my grandparents for dying when I was a boy. I needed to be able to forgive my parents for not being very good parents. I needed to forgive my church for its treatment of me. Not just me, but others. Sacred, but incompatible. But mostly, more importantly, as Evelyn would say, I needed to forgive myself for believing at times that I wasn't enough. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Forgiveness is probably not the first thing that comes to mind when you think about Pentecost. Most likely, the image Images from the stories from the story of Acts is what comes to mind. The disciples gathered in a house, a sound of of a rush of violent wind filling the space, tongues of fire appearing and resting upon the disciples' heads, followed closely by, by chaos in the street as people began speaking in foreign languages. I suspect many, perhaps all of us, wish for such an experience of of God. And yet, in John's gospel, Pentecost is is very intimate. In fact, it is more about what is happening within us than what is happening around us. The sign of Pentecost, according to John's gospel, is marked by forgiveness. Forgiveness that opens locked doors, recreates life, and sends us out into the world to be like Christ. While forgiveness is not the totality of the story of Pentecost, it is an important and often overlooked piece of Pentecost. One of the most difficult things you will ever do in life is forgive another person. Oftentimes, we know we should forgive. It is the right thing to do. It is the Christian thing to do. It's what Jesus would do. 
That's the most important piece. It's what Jesus would do. But it is always easier to see another person through the lens of their past behavior. It is always easier to see another person through the lens of their effect upon our lives than it is to see them as God sees them. And God always sees them worthy of love and of forgiveness. Always. Anne Lamont once wrote, Not forgiving is like drinking rat poison and then waiting for that rat to die. That rat ain't ever going to die. But you are. True statement. And perhaps even more difficult than forgiving another person is the act of forgiving ourselves. To set ourselves free from pain, from anger, from disappointment, from our past. Lily Tomlin once said, Forgiveness means giving up all hope for a better past. Forgiveness means giving up all hope for a better past. Another woman speaking some good truth to us. All you have is now. What is past is past. Over the last week, I've read many articles regarding the two men that that were killed on the the train in Portland uh, who were defending the two uh, young girls. And I cannot help but wonder if Jeremy Joseph Christian, the man accused and arrested of murdering those two men, will be forgiven by the deceased families. I also can't help but wonder in time whether he will forgive himself. To put it in Jesus' words, will his sins be forgiven or retained? Will those families in time permit themselves to move forward? Or will they be imprisoned in the darkness by this man's past actions? Further, will this man in time permit himself to move forward? Or will he be imprisoned in darkness by his past? Let me be clear, I'm not talking about consequences for his behavior. I'm talking about forgiveness. It's two different realities. Those are questions not just for the grieving families and Jeremy Christian. They are questions for each of us. You see, in moments such as this, when we come face to face with the reality of darkness, his as well as our own, we have to acknowledge that although we have not done what that man did, if we are honest with ourselves, we each could name the secrets, the lies, the actions, the betrayals, the judgment and the hate that live within us, that hide within our darkness. And darkness always fragments our lives, always separates us from God, from self, and other. Ultimately, however, that darkness is not about our behavior, the things we have done and and left undone. 
Those are just the symptoms that point to the darkness. The darkness, I think, I believe, from personal experience, is our inability or our mistrust of God's love. And our refusal to see our life and the lives of others as God sees them. Worthy of forgiveness. Worthy of love. Consider today's gospel. The disciples are hiding in a darkened home. The doors are locked for fear of being found. And I suspect that they are hiding from themselves as much as from the religious authorities. Their behaviors, their actions, abandonment and denial during Jesus' trial and crucifixion were less than God would have hoped for. And they are now imprisoned in their past, unwilling to forgive self, unwilling to forgive other. Have you ever done that? Hid from yourself? Deny what's really going on? Make up a cover story? Pretend everything is all right? Of course you have. We all have. And in doing so, we leave no room for God. We leave no room specifically for God's Spirit to blow through our lives, to inspire us and recreate us. And when we live in such a way, we choose to retain our faults, our sins, And we live in a state of fragmentation, a state of unforgiveness. And that is always your choosing. Always. It is never God's choosing for you to live in a state of unforgiveness. God desires you free, whole, and alive, not imprisoned, fragmented, and dying. which is why Pentecost is so important. It is important to understand that Pentecost is a verb rather than a noun. Pentecost is God's way of being and acting in our lives. And we all need a good Pentecosting from time to time. And that is exactly what Jesus does over and over and over and over again. He comes and he stands in the midst of our locked homes. He gets in our face. And he breathes. And his holy breath reminds us that we are not alone in this life. That we were created for more in this life. And that we are worthy of forgiveness and love truths that if we're willing to accept will set us free. God breathes and we live. That is a gospel truth. Another gospel truth is that you are worthy of love and forgiveness. So what are we to do with this holy breath of God? Breathe. Just breathe. Thanks be to God 
Amen.